0: You are listening to episode 268 of the Inflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan.
1: Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we stay golden, Abrax hey, boy, in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge.
0: So this week we played some Golden Axe on the PlayStation 3. Golden Axe Beast Rider. That is true, Beast Rider. So they took the best part of Golden Axe on the Sega Genesis and they put it into the main focus of the PS3 game, which really isn't the main focus of the PS3 game. We
1: rode one beast. One beast. For about
0: two minutes. And then he died. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dude, it was tough to handle it, but we'll go into that in our uh, inflation-deflation segment of this week. Uh, But first, you can find us on TheGameDeflators.com, our out-of-date website. You can find us on YouTube. Just search up Game Deflators on there. At TheGameDeflators on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. And on X, we are seen as Game Deflators. You're listening to us on a podcast app. Leave us a five-star review. Like, subscribe everywhere that I have told you before. And um, yeah, we'll hope to hear from you in comments and and get those uh, likes and such in there. Yeah, happy
1: 2024. Let us know.
0: Yeah, so uh, this is technically our, I mean, first technical recording in 2024 together. But yep. we had our first 2024 episode last week, uh, kicked off the year pretty nicely. Um, so good to see a lot of listens coming through there. Uh, so picking up right where we left off at the end of the year, and then for you and I, this is actually our first recording like in person like a month. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's uh, kind of crazy with the
1: holidays and everything else. It's nice to be back in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Not having to deal with my own microphone issues. Yeah, we gotta figure that out, dude. I tried changing my spaghetti, and it didn't help. Oh, really? And then I tried googling the problem, and after about fifteen minutes, I gave up.
0: Really? We just gotta get you a new soundboard or something.
1: I don't know. I already spent money on the one that I have. Well, I don't know. I don't have money to buy another thing that I don't really need. Buy, buy the, uh, the
0: same one, and then send back a broken one. That's that's, that's like how we do it.
1: Three years old, and I think it was old when I got it. That's used. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, we'll figure it out. Maybe, maybe I'll get you one for your birthday. I don't know. We'll get it going. Uh, All right. Well, let's look at what we uh, recently picked up and what we're currently playing. So, pickups. I got Magic: The Gathering cards because that's what I collect on a week-to-week basis. But I also got the Deck of Many Things uh, book from uh, D and D. So that one was supposed to go out in November. And uh, they had some production issues in terms of overall quality. That's what I heard. Which is actually kind of cool when you think about it, that Hasbro, Wizards of Coast, etc., that they saw an issue with their product and rather than putting it into market and all the bad press that could come from it, said, nope, we're going to catch this early. Let's get it redone. Let's push it back to a later point in time.
1: And then let's lay off the guy whose idea that was because he screwed us out of money.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Actually, maybe that's part of it. That's the catalyst of it all, right? The guy that uh, did the bad printing, he uh, said, you know, I'm going to save us. No, the guy
1: who caught the bad printing and told Hasbro they had to fix it, they canned his ass for costing them
0: bottom dollar. I was thinking it was probably the guy that, uh, you know, decided to cheapen out and went with a different vendor than he should have. Uh, But either way, it came in. Uh, I haven't cracked it open yet, so maybe we'll do an unboxing for that here, I don't know, soon at some point. Uh, But what was disappointing is I ended up buying it from Game Nerds, which I... Typically um, purchased from Game Nerds in advance because they have a nice discount. And if you get a few things at once, it's usually free shipping. And then you get points. So I'll get like $10 off and stuff every now and then. So when I got the package, uh, it only came with one book as far as like the deck of many things. I actually ordered the Planescape uh, Adventures book as well, the, the trio of books. And that was supposed to come with it, but they lost it apparently in their warehouse. So I call them up. I'm like, hey. Did they find it under a pile of that same book so, in the warehouse? I don't know. It's <laughs> so I I know what happens, but they're trying to resolve it on the back end. So basically both books were supposed to come out like October, November. I ordered them at the same time. Game nerds has this really weird policy where they won't ship anything. Like literally you can order fifty items and if one of those items is pre order, nothing gets shipped until your pre-order item arrives. Mm. I think it's the dumbest policy I've ever heard. Like, why don't you honest. just
1: do separate orders then?
0: Well, see, the thing is, is that when I ordered, they were both pre-orders and they were both supposed to come in around October, November. So I figured, okay, I'm okay. Willing well, it's to like wait. not
1: like you're going to use it for anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know. But it's like, I was okay. Kind of waiting an extra month to get it shipped out for pre-order. So I would save on the shipping costs like 10, 15 bucks to ever come out to. Right. So I decided against the, um, you know, going ahead and, and ordering it. Uh, as two separate orders. And then what's funny is I had another book that I actually ordered uh, before that, and I made sure that that one was ordered separately uh, because it was coming in in like August or something. So yeah, long story short, what I think ended up happening is because the book, the Planescape came out in like October, November, and this one just came out in January, um, I think they just either sold all of them and just didn't hold for the pre-orders and people like myself that ordered both books Uh, or they were truthful and they just misplaced them in their warehouse and they're trying to locate where they are to get them shipped out. I did get an email that said, Hey, I'm going to get it shipped out the first thing in the morning on Monday and uh, we'll go ahead and get your tracking number and such. So I don't know if that means they found it or that is a, yeah, we're going to get it sent to you. We're sorry for it because the guy I talked to on the phone was like, Hey, we don't know if, if they're still here, if we got to order more, if we got to give refunds. So I got mixed messages from them. You know, email was different than phone. Uh, but either way, I got that in, uh, so we'll do an unboxing, like I said, on that one, and maybe we'll do a little unboxing on the Planescape one when it comes in. And then uh, as far as the Magic cards, I did get my City of Traders finally. We talked about getting a fake last time. This time it's actually real. I did a light test. Transparent. No issues there. Oh, you'll have to show
1: me that again. Oh, you the said light you test? you were going to. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, We'll yeah. do it later. Yeah,
0: we'll do it later. It's super easy. Um... So yeah, I did that and uh, really happy how that turned out uh, for me and uh, got myself a reserve list card that'll sit in the collection. If I want to play commander, I can use in commander or use in the legacy decks uh, that I got built. So really excited about that. And then as far as what I'm currently playing, uh, my wife and I started up tiny Tina's Wonderland. Yeah. Um, how are you liking it? It's pretty interesting. I've been getting motion sick with it though. It's kind of weird. Odd. Yeah, it's really weird. Like I don't get motion sick with like first person shooters ever. And for whatever reason, this game there's something about it that's just Is it like... a
1: screen split or something?
0: No, there's no screen split that we're using. We're not playing two-player. Oh. Um, we're just playing single-player. I don't know. We, My wife prefers to play single-player game. So, yeah, for whatever reason, it's kind of making me feel a little sick while playing it occasionally. Um, but, I don't know, I'm getting used to it. It's been a while since
1: I played a first-person a little, like, I don't know, with the graphics and everything. I definitely remember it always being, like, a little, like, choppier-seeming or something like it definitely wasn't always the most comfortable like smooth experience from what i can recall
0: yeah and i noticed with the screen and stuff it definitely isn't like a nice like i've played a lot of first person shooters as of late or not as of late it's been a while since i played but like the ones i have played um in the more recent time period i haven't had that experience of it you're right like borderlands has a different type of cell shaded color I that think comes the from last it.
1: time i played it too though was borderlands on vita Borderlands 2 yeah, which and it definitely be, is not like an optimum yeah. experience but man did it blow me away when I got it. But
0: this is PS5, you know, yeah. so I mean this is like updated and everything else like there shouldn't be any issues with that and for whatever reason it just I don't know it feels kind of weird to play.
1: It's your weak constitution, John.
0: Maybe. I don't know, maybe I need to increase constitution in that game. But it's funny. It's uh it's a lot of fun so I got it for her for Christmas obviously and um you know as I said last episode and we're both enjoying it. It's uh it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's definitely that looter shooter type of experience that I figured I would be expecting with, um, you know, with borderlands and it's just got that D and D vibe going for it along with, um, you know, just the hilarious aspects of, you know, borderlands and D and D and comedy. comes from it. Um, so, and then also tales symphonia. So I ended up, tell me, John, tell me where you are. So I got the Palm Costa. And we ran into some kids or other people who we dropped their potion or something. And they're like, you got to replace our potion. So we go to replace the potion. It's super expensive. And then we turn, it turns out that genus uh, genius is actually a genius. Uh, so learned about that. that. Yeah. Imagine that. Right. I uh, got accepted to this school and they are like, Oh, you're not, you know, you're too poor to be in this school. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, the whole yeah. thing that comes with it. And he just blows them out of the water for perfect score. Now. So a question for you on that. I'm assuming that's, game mechanic or game setup wise like that's supposed to happen so why the hell do you have to do a like studying for a quiz or a exam that they have there for like like so i had to study before we went like head to head with the other students there to prove them wrong and i'm assuming it's for lloyd to see if lloyd gets a higher score i i don't know i found it to be kind of odd because like lloyd is They, they make Lloyd come off as like, he's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just doesn't know anything. Like at one point, some, uh, Lloyd is like, oh yeah. Uh, genus knows how to do his multiplication tables. And they're like, yeah, that that's easy. Like, that's not an issue. And they're like, no, for Lloyd, that's actually like really high level. I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, so there's that whole thing. Uh, turns out that the book that we're supposed to get from the angels and imposters come in. And I'm like, really? Like you just gave away this like ancient book that's supposed to be for this chosen one. And you know who the chosen one is supposed to be. And you're just like, oh, I'll take you for your word. Here it is, go ahead, take it. And now we're trying to figure out who the hell took it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what's odd, I haven't gotten this far yet, but they're like, oh yeah, we gotta get out of here and go handle whatever business. So I'm gonna leave on a ship, I think it is. And if I'm leaving on the ship, the people that want me to buy that potion are just gonna be sitting there the whole time waiting i guess i don't know
1: i mean it's it's a game you yeah. can come back i know you know it's i side just found quests. it funny
0: i just found it funny because well, no, like the side quest is the potion so but they won't let you progress through the city until you buy them a new potion mm. so i'm like that's weird yeah. um so yeah i don't know what to do there i might like go out into the main worlds get some gold come back by potion is
1: Palma Coast, i forget is that like the little like small town that's kind of on the coast or is it the really like elaborate town with like the big like circle and so the big market area. Yeah. They it's have all the, like stone. So
0: you enter, I don't, I don't know if, yeah, it's all stone in the center and then it has like sheep and it's got like a church that you can go into in a okay. big school. And then you have the mayor's house. Yeah. Um, Obviously part of the city I'm able to go into and then there's like that market that's right on the docks.
1: So the market on the docks, that's a part that always sticks out in my head. Because I love, like, finding the surprise chef and getting, like, the recipe. And I always remember, like, finding him, like, the first time, I think, in that town.
0: Yeah, I did get the the recipe as well from him. I love finding
1: that surprise chef in, like, weird places. It's just one of those memories that always, like, sticks out to me as, like, a thing that I enjoyed from those games.
0: I'm still trying to figure out, like, what the heck do you do with the food? Like, you just cook it and that's it? Does it have any effect on the
1: game whatsoever? Yeah, so it basically, like, heals you at the end of battle. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, you use it, you cook at the end of battle, and it just, like, recovers your, like, health and MP so that next time you go into battle, like, it eliminates the need to do stuff in the interim
0: Okay, so I'll need to start doing that a little more frequently. I guess something new to learn, right? I
1: mean, is that something that was, like, maybe giving you trouble in battle before? Like, were you constantly, like, low on HP going into fights?
0: Not really, because I usually can handle the battles pretty easily now. Now that you're defending? Yeah, and then I'm defending and stuff and have all my strategies set up accordingly. Still just
1: have kind of the same main party? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I use, uh, what's her name, Rain and um, Lloyd, the other dude, uh, Colette, and... Kratos. Kratos, yeah.
1: Kratos. I know, I always think it's funny thinking of like Kratos versus like that Kratos. Yeah, that
0: Kratos is like red hair spiky guy with a sword. Yep, okay. Yeah. And then he does the same moves as Lloyd. So you're like, oh, okay, interesting. What's what's going on there?
1: You know, it's funny. We'll have to... Yeah, I'll bring it up later. Okay. We'll, right, we'll talk sense. later. Because you have a long ways to go in this game. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, yeah, don't give anything but away. Like, We're very early on. When I went into GameStop to buy this game, some guy just dropped like... Spoiler knowledge on me, like while I was in GameStop picking up the game.
0: Oh, so you're trying to impart that spoiler knowledge? No, no, I don't. I don't (laughs) want to. I'm
1: waiting until you get to the part in the game where I can talk to you about like what comes up because it's like this game definitely one thing that always makes it stick out in my mind compared to like a lot of other RPGs that I played in the past. And I mean, I'm not notoriously known for finishing long RPG games either. Yeah, but this is definitely one that I remember like. Zigging and zagging several times like it's kind of goes in one direction and then you're kind of doing another thing and then you kind of do another thing and it's like it has all these different things that I've seen in other RPGs but just how many different things this game piles on I think is one of the reasons that it always sticks out to me so much in my mind because like by the time you reach the end of this game you'll have like seen and been and experience a lot of other things that would be, like, kind of the whole direction, I feel, of another RPG.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Well,
1: I'll let you know. I mean, obviously, I'll keep Every talking about Every time we talk podcast. about it, I honestly want to, like, just go home and play through it again myself. <laughs> I almost got... I asked for the remaster for Switch when it was, like, 20 bucks around Christmas. But I got the... Uh, Pocky and Rocky. Pocky and Rocky instead. But it's like, it's still one of those games that I want to get, even though the Switch port isn't like the Optima version, but I already have it on PS3.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm playing on PS3, so it's I not would like... love
1: the GameCube original, just for like nostalgia's sake, but I think it's pretty expensive there. Uh,
0: no, actually, I think it's like 20 bucks.
1: That's like the only 60 FPS, like, experience for it.
0: I, I don't know, honestly, I don't, I don't know if enough of the history there, but... Uh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's cheap. I want to say it's like 15-20 bucks. There's been, no way. It's been re-released like multiple times last I checked. I mean, it could have gone up recently. But it's a GameCube game. No, I know, but the thing is, is that that game has been re-released multiple times now. Yeah, on PS3 and then you had the the more recent ones as well on Switch.
1: Yeah, we both have that PS3 yeah. one. I love that you have like the big one
0: though. Oh yeah, dude, I was so excited when I bought that. So oh, dang, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. 30 bucks or 28 bucks complete. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. 19 bucks used yeah. looks like it's advertised on GameStop
0: for 18 yeah there you go. I mean GameStop actually might still have it in stock uh but the thing with GameStop is you could risk getting it loose oh man I have
1: seen um uh, there's this YouTuber that I've been watching the last like year or two I think Mr. Matty Plays he's pretty great he puts out a bunch of good stuff but he's been doing these periodic uh videos where he orders a bunch of stuff from GameStop and then does an unboxing and it's like You know, how much man juice is on this stuff? Like, did it actually come in, like, a real box? Does it have the manual? It's kind of fun seeing him open his stuff and just get, like, the chaos.
0: You know, it's actually something I'd I'd like to do for us would be something like that. Well, you usually just just
1: get one thing at a time.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like... Save up your stuff. Do a bulk order. We can make videos and do unboxings. Yeah, we could do some unboxings with that. I do know... um, uh, Who was it? I think it was... uh, It might have been Church. No, it was Jason. Of uh, corpse flood uh, mm-hmm. gaming, I want to say he had a ton of stuff during COVID that like you know got stuck because of shipping and stuff to uh, Canada, so he wasn't able to go out to the us. Oh, and pick Oh, I
1: remember we talked to him and he said he had like a ton yeah. of stuff that he couldn't bring back, including stuff I box. Yeah,
0: I sold him stuff too, so he had like tons of stuff from like me and church and uh, stuff that he had just ordered in general, like different trades. It, it was crazy. So, but I think he's actually recently sold off his game collection. He's moved more oh, into that's like, right, yeah, and he's moved into like toys and such. So. Um,
1: all right. Well, how about yourself? Pickups playing nothing. I just kind of took a, took a break this week. I didn't really do anything. I really wanted to play some games, but I just never really settled on anything in particular. Like I thought about like, Oh, let me look up some good game boy color games. Maybe I can check out some old GBC stuff that I never really played on my, um, my micro or, then I thought, well, you know, I never went back and finished Final Fantasy IX that I was playing after I cracked my Vita. And then I was like, ah, you know, there's lots of, there's so much stuff that I could play. I tried to start maybe my uh, inflation deflation for the year after I went back and beat. Oh, after we recorded last time, I beat Pikmin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We, uh, we got the proof on Twitter. Yeah.
1: yeah so I mean, all, all I had to do was the final challenge map, which was super easy. I mean, it's like a couple easy puzzles with the Pikmin and then you fight the final boss. And it took me like two days to do it because I lost a ton of Pikmin. And then I was like, I'll just end this day and then come back the next day and just do the boss fight instead of doing the puzzle and the boss fight. So I wound up getting, you know, all the items and clearing the game. It was pretty fun in the end. I think it was a good experience and I am... I think cumulatively more happy that I did go back and actually play this, but I don't think it's really going to be calling me back to Pikmin anytime in the near future. Um, yeah. And then I just borrowed a new game from John to check out. I'm That's gonna, your recent pickup. Yeah. I'm going to check out um, Gundam Zeonic Front. I remember this being a game that I got when I was a kid after I played Journey to Jaburo. And was like all into Gundam stuff and wanted to check out more stuff. And my love of Zaku's was already burgeoning at the time. So to be able to do that. But I just remember like it having some tactical aspects to it that I didn't really understand or didn't really click for me. So hopefully I can go back, check out that PS2 Slim I got from you and see if this is really going to be something worth enjoying. And I'll let everybody know about that. Um... Other than that, not a whole lot going on. A little bit of disappointment again with Game Pass this week. Uh, I guess I should have realized that this was going to be a feature of Game Pass, but stupid me. You know, I tried downloading a bunch of stuff on Game Pass and then never playing it. Well, once it drops out of Game Pass, it's going to check your license when you try to boot up the title and then send you to the Xbox store page to buy the title. So you can't just download stuff. Keep it in your memory and then play it later on because you never deleted it. So, unfortunately, a bunch of stuff that I wanted to play no longer really have access to there. Um, and still don't have access to multiplayer stuff because I'm cheaping out and buying the cheap version of Game Pass. So, I thought about checking out uh, Warhammer 40K Dark Tide which has had a bunch of updates and is supposed to be a lot better. But without Game Pass, I can't play any multiplayer games. Mm. Or without the Xbox Live level of Game Pass, I can't play any of the multiplayer games. Same issue I ran into with ExoPrimal. So that library of titles isn't as massive as I thought it would be. And I'm actually kind of wondering what's going to happen. I was listening to somebody talking about how Xbox and Activision have kind of, like, rebooted servers and stuff for old Call of Duty titles. So it would be really interesting in the future to have, like, all of these old Call of Duty games all available on Game Pass and all having active servers. And you could jump on and play whichever old Call of Duty you want, you know, while you wait for the next one to come out if they're not going to release one every year anymore. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but... Again, if I don't have the Xbox Live thing, I'm probably not going to be able to play that. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's just one of those things. Trying to go on the cheapest here really does kind of limit some of your access, even if you're just trying to play single player in those games.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, talking about the new game's resolution, I haven't started a lunger yet either. So hopefully... You didn't even remember what it was. No, I, I didn't, <laughs> but I remember now. So, um, I mean, I obviously have notes from mm-hmm. prior episodes, but... Uh, yeah, so Alundra, I haven't started it out yet. I think I'm going to beat Tales of Symphonia first and then... Better off that way. You yeah. don't need two
1: RPGs while you're trying to fall asleep. Yeah, pretty much. Or stay awake, I well, guess. <laughs> and then,
0: like, dude, even today we were playing Tiny Teens Wonderland. I was falling asleep on the couch um, while my wife was playing her turn. Uh, but no, and I, I've been sorting magic cards all week. So god, It I, takes forever. Oh my god, dude. I've gone through thousands of cards. And I, I ended up having like... I think it was about two and a half cards thousand cards that are like excess but I can just get rid all of. more than playset? All more than a playset, yeah. And so I've filled up like I'm not kidding you, I've filled up four five thousand count boxes of like after duplicates.
1: So what do you do with like the this is the one I always go to, Lana War Elves. How so, many Lana War Elves do you keep? Do you keep like one play set of four? Or like it's been released in so many different sets. Do you keep like one of
0: each art from a playset. So here's the crazy thing about how I'm going to be doing this. And it's going to take me a long time because I got a crap ton of cards still to go through. I mean, I've got at least like probably two or three more 5,000 count boxes. I think two after all duplicates are gone, um, left of cards. Right. And that's not including what I've already got in there. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to pull out a fat pack box. that's loaded with cards or shoe box and be like, Oh, I've got, you know, one playset of this card that's here 40 times now, right? So that's kind of the issue I'm I'm running into with a lot of these. The more time consuming aspect is having to take what you've sorted and then go into a pile of stuff that's already done and say, oh, okay, it's a red block of cards. Okay, let me pull out the red of Mirrodin that I already have and let me match it up with this one and then see, see what that's I have why a play I went set
1: of. All alphabetical the way Thomas did. Because it's like once you have play sets and stuff, like if you really don't need those cards because they're just I've got 12 full play sets of land of war elves from different sets. Doing yeah. it just straight alphabetical gets rid of that whole problem. Cause you can see every single card just as it is.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, when it comes to organizing, I mean, you have to consider that you guys, I don't know how Thomas was, but your stuff, you're only two or three sets in, right? Maybe four at most.
1: Oh, I know I've got more than that from like the past, but that's the thing. It's like, the way that I'm collecting just by just doing like, you know, sealed stuff. It's so dumb for me to make a whole new section for these eight red cards that I drafted.
0: Yeah, but see, for mine, I'm going based off of like, let's just say it's Caverns of Ixalan, right? Like I have a section that's a, a marker that says Caverns of Ixalan and all the cards that I have from that collection behind it. So, so if there's a card
1: that was reprinted in Caverns. That's fine. And you go to that and you only have one. Then you so, need to figure out what other set that it was printed in and go there to see if you have more copies in that set.
0: I'm just keeping them for now. Long-term goal is to have them all cataloged via like online. an app or something or yeah. some, you know, online or giant spreadsheet, whatever it is. And then once I know, oh, I've got four copies of Lanor Elves here and here and here and here, which one do I like the artwork better for? take them all out and just have the one play set. It could be in five different sets. But then you need to
1: figure out which set it's in every time you want to pull them out. No,
0: because I'll have it all cataloged online. That's true. Yeah, so the idea is just like, let me look at what I got and then go from there. So So you're going to have to
1: touch every card to get it sorted so and then you're going to have to touch every card again to get it input. Yeah. And then you'll but, have to touch every card a third time.
0: The good thing is that there's applications out there where you literally just throw the card on the camera and it goes beep and oh, then it puts it in. Oh, that's good. So that's kind of the goal. It's like, okay, let's go through the I forget about today. technology. Yeah.
1: I just think about you sitting there typing in Excel. No. That sounds like a
0: nightmare. No, we're not doing that. We're going it's through like... a full-time like, job. TCG has an application where you could scan the cards one by one. Now I got to double check because it might have like, oh, you have to confirm and you got to put how many copies? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But basically yeah. my hope is that I can go in and just like scan, 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 and just kind of keep doing it and just chunk it out. Like once I've organized everything, I can then, the idea is that then I can say, okay, Alpha scan all of them, beta, scan all of them and just kind of go through each set. I'm also going to mark them all up by uh, when they came out too. So that's another goal is to go out like literally year by year and say, okay, this set and in this order. So as I go through, I'm like, okay. And it'll be marked on the outside box. it will be like this set to this set. So I know this set to this set. And then I got to figure out like where I might store them. Uh, So I'm thinking of building some sort of like shelving unit in one of my closets, that I can slot them into so that they're off the ground and it's just easier to access. But that's a whole, like, that's a whole lot of long-term stuff (laughs) uh, to make happen right now. It's just a matter of getting the cards like packed like in that closet, there's literally like, I want to say it's like six gallon size bags that are full of magic cards. And each of those hold like 1500 cards and I, and they're all unsorted. So the, the, Worst thing about it is I got to go through all of these That's cards, which are tons of different sets. And then I go put them all into their, their set. Then once I figure out the set, I've got to go into the cards I've already put up and then see what I have play sets and what I don't have. And then any extra goes into a pile and those are going away.
1: So, so do you have all your sets by like broken down by color?
0: Uh, the sets are broken down as in like let's just say in cameras looks i have a little section that's colorless red blue green white black and so when i pull out the cards and land as well is broken out too so if i if i'm looking for a particular card and i say oh i need this red card it comes out cameras looks okay excellent grab my red doo, 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 i got how many cards all right cool i need to buy one more awesome i don't that's you fine you do buy, like
1: mana value
0: nope it's just red i don't even have them alphabetized because each section i mean you're talking like maybe that many cards yeah I so it's a quick to just kind of flip through real fast you don't
1: have like a full yeah investment where you bought like boxes of boosters
0: yeah exactly so all right all right discussion topics uh trends to end in 2024
1: yeah so we usually do this at the end of every year each kind of put out some you know one or a couple things that you know, our gaming trends to end stuff that we've just seen too much of at this point, And we need to really, you know, like, let's move on as an industry.
0: Yep. So I'm going to have one that's magic. I'm going to have one that is uh, video game related. Okay. Here. So hit me. All right. So the first one is no more roguelites and roguelikes. I'm done. I thought
1: that's what you were going to talk yeah. about because you just brought that up a few weeks ago. Yeah.
0: No more. There's too many of them. I I mean, they're all they all feel the same. They all look the same to me they all play the same i am done like i get the whole thing like comparison of oh no more souls games but to me those all have something different to them they're difficult but they all have a different type of story tied to them they all have different magic yes the gameplay is very similar but for me that's a totally different experience when i play those games and i actually look forward to playing those
1: what's the last roguelike
0: you played i don't even remember dude returnal huh returnal yeah Anything i think that before returnal uh what was the one before returnal i think it was wouldn't it be considered um, Rack and Ruin? Okay. Isn't that Roguelite?
1: So that's like two that you've played in the last five years? And to me, like honestly, <laughs> just
0: no, no, I played more than that. Um, but I just don't enjoy them. I'm yeah. just not a fan of them. And I get that people aren't a fan of Souls games and they're not a fan of sports games and all that. But I mean, dude, it seems like every – and uh, Metroidvanias too – Oh, no,
1: that's what you were harping on a few weeks ago. Yes. Too many Metroidvanias. Both of those.
0: Both of those. Too many roguelikes. Too many roguelikes. Too many Metroidvanias in the market. It's like every single indie developer out there. It's like this cutting edge Metroidvania that takes blah, 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 and puts it into like whatever story. They're all the same. Like they all feel the same. They all have the same type of graphics. They all seem like they're this dark vampire type thing trying to recapture this essence of, you know, Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, to me, they, they all, they just all feel the same. And so, and it's not, and they're just everywhere. So like when somebody says again to go to dark souls, oh, I don't like Soulsborne games. Right. That's fine. There's not as many of those games as there are roguelites of Metroidvanias. Like you could go on right now and like top Metroidvanias, you probably honestly find a hundred. That have been released in the last like couple of years mm-hmm. there's just so many of those games that are being released every day yeah you know like because it's such a quick game to develop for an indie developer you know both of those are you know the formula is there so it's like what else do you have to like it's not a i get the game development it's hard right yeah and there's a reason that certain people can do it and some can't um but everybody's releasing those types of games Like, I need something fresh. I need something new. I'm kind of (laughs) over it. And, like, every time I pick up a box, I'm like, oh, man, this this artwork looks really cool. What kind of game is it? Nope. Like, I just don't even want to give it a shot. Like, because it's just the same crap, and I already have so many on hand as well. And as far as Magic, um, no more remasters. No more remastered sets i'm, I'm over it.
1: dominaria remastered is already announced
0: and ravnica no ravnica remastered, oh, ravnica remastered. yeah dominaria so, remastered came out a while happened. back that's yeah right. i mean because all you're doing is you're reprinting the cards we we don't need a set that had been released years and years ago and then to have a whole reprint like if that's the case just release a brand new set
1: don't you want those prices to come down
0: they're not coming down actually cyclonic rift went up oh really yeah there's some cards that did go down, but, like, Cyclonic Rift's probably the best card out of Ravnica, and that actually went up. So, I, luckily, I have a playset already. Um, but it went from, like, 29 bucks, to, like, 35 <laughs> So, I mean, go figure. Uh, no, and Ravnica's not even that great of a set.
1: I thought Ravnica was one that, like, everybody really liked. I thought it was, like, one of the most popular. Mm,
0: I mean, it's a popular set because of, like, what it is, but in terms of, like, quality cards... It's, from my understanding, and what I played in the past, it's not a ton of good cards out of that set.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, you got a few, but I mean, a lot of those cards. The thing is that a lot of those cards that were good back then, there's been reprints of other cards that end up being better, mm. right? So, like Cyclonic Rift is a good one, you know, and it'll probably be reprinted as Mythic. Um, that's a good card, right? And they really haven't done a whole that a whole lot that do that same thing. But one of the good cards years ago is Glimpse Unthinkable, and it's like uh, one blue one black Mill Ten cards, right? There's other cards out there to mill more now, you know, for like a very similar cost or they have rebound effects where they can come back and mill more cards. So, you know, is that a staple in mill anymore? Not really. So, I mean, there's other cards that are better for mill. And so that card went down, understandably. So, I mean, really that's, and then you have like uh dark confidant, like that's another good card, but there's other cards that have been released over the last, you know, 10 years that do the same thing, if not better than, Dark confidence so that card's gone down drastically as well in price. So really what it kind of comes down to is that they're reprinting these cards for cash crap. That's all mm-hmm. it comes down to. There's better cards out there. Like if you're gonna reprint, at least reprint the new standard stuff, like we don't need an $80 shield Dread. you know? Grant, I'm gonna sell the one I just pulled. Um, but like shield should not be 80 bucks, right? Like it's standard. Standard's meant to be a quick thing that a lot of people can play into. standard decks right now to meta is like 500 bucks. Dang. Like, and
1: you're over here with your caverns and burn decks.
0: Yeah, caves was twenty five dollars and I got fourth place the other day. And I would have got better if the guy I'd, I'd lost to didn't lose his next two. Um so yeah. I mean, that's just kinda how it is. But yeah, no more reprints and don't the I mean, not no more reprints, no more remasters. Um if you're gonna reprint, reprint standard or um, you know, put new sets out and then have like the mythic releases like they did rustic Study, like the confetti style foil, those types of things do that. That's kind of cool. But just a full blown set from 10 years ago that is OK. No, not needed. Yeah. So those are mine. Those are my trends to end.
1: So uh that's that's some pretty good stuff, John. I don't think that either of yours. Obviously, the magic one is not going to happen because we already have confirmation that it will be happening oh yeah uh both of my gaming trends to end in 2024 will be resolved in 2024 no more switch 2 and ps5 pro rumors that's a good one they're both gonna come out this year
0: no ps5's not coming out ps4 pro no, or PS5, PS5, pro. ps5 pro ps5 pro yeah
1: that'll come out this year oh yeah We're I are just... to talk about it a little oh bit later sorry i was article.
0: thinking ps6 for whatever no. reason <laughs> yeah i was yeah, yeah you're good no, you're good
1: I am, uh, you know, it's been a long time. Every year people predict the PS2, and every year people predict, or not the PS2, the Switch 2 and the PS5 Pro. Wow, did I screw that up by combining those. It's the
0: Super Nintendo (laughs) Switch, sir. Yeah,
1: the Super Switch and the PS5 Pro. So those should both finally be coming out this year. Uh, Probably not until much later in the year, but it'll be at least nice to... You know, have two more things that I want to get and can't because of, you know, scalpers and just outright not having the money. (laughs) I'm sure that whatever ends up happening, um, you know, I think that probably the PS5 Pro will likely be the one I wind up getting. You know, especially if they do some kind of physical redesign and make it look any bit different than what the slim and the standard PS5 look like. I would probably elect to pick that one up eventually. And then the Switch 2, I mean, I got the Switch 1 pretty early in its life cycle. And I mean, if it's only going to be like 400 bucks, I mean, that's probably going to be more affordable than the like 550 or whatever it's going to cost for the PS5 Pro, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, if the PS5 Pro comes out this year and it has a disc attachment, like not disc attachment, like, but it can play a disc yeah. and it's not just like a digital only version i'll likely sell my existing ps5 yeah. yeah i'll sell my existing ps5 to be able to get the the pro um or put money towards it basically yeah uh but otherwise i'll probably stick with a ps5 and then maybe do a switch two if that's what happens this year but that's only if it has backwards compatibility hmm. would i get a switch two right away
1: well and we'll see what even is going to be like on launch for it yeah that Although, as well I did watch um, an Arlo predicts and we'll talk about some 2024 predictions in our articles today, but yeah, it seems like there's probably going to be some good stuff launching with that kind of based off of some timelines. Like, I mean, it's been a long time since a 3d Mario. So new 3d Mario as a launch title would probably be pretty good.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it hasn't been that long, but yeah, it has been because it was Odyssey and that was like, what, seven years ago. Unless
1: you count the Bowser's fury. Uh, yeah i guess technically
0: but i mean odyssey was there as a 3d so yeah oh.
1: so i guess uh you know wrapping up 2023 and moving on with 2024 and news for this year uh this week xbox users uh, you better back up your captures now because those are going to go away then we look at a new marketplace that xbox is really heating up Uh, We'll talk about the biggest predictions in 2024 and close out with some speculation on the PS5 Pro. All right. Well, the first one here is Xbox
0: users are warned of a mass deletion happening next week, and that is uh, Tyler Fisher at comicbook.com.
1: Our favorite guy to read. Our
0: favorite guy. So, uh, yeah, so basically what uh, Microsoft has done is they have warned Xbox players for a while now, actually, via private messages or DMs. I remember
1: seeing this come up and was like, Cool. Yeah, you're you're like, whatever.
0: (laughs) So basically, media files. So if you've got any videos or images or things that you have screen capped or video capped or whatever within your Xbox experience, uh, those will be gone in 90 days, I think is what they said.
1: Yeah, moving forward, they'll have a 90-day auto-deletion and anything that's currently in your files. I mean, we're kind of coming out late with this news because I think this goes into play tomorrow on January 9th. So yeah, uh, if you hear this first thing in the morning... Run to your console.
0: Back it up. Well, and so here's the other negative thing. You can't back this up like to your Xbox hard drive. It, it'll it actually get deleted there too. So this is actually kind of concerning it'll when you think off about Xbox. it. Xbox. Yeah, you got to do a separate drive and take it off the Xbox completely to be able to back up your video files. Or What's,
1: OneDrive. Uh, I think it says you can back up to. Uh,
0: it wouldn't surprise me. OneDrive is a Microsoft thing. But I mean, you know, even like Teams has like a 90-day period as well where it'll delete things. So... It's kind of concerning, though, when you think about it, like, okay, if you have a hard drive and so you purchased your hard drive, it's expanded, you're throwing it onto your Xbox, you're anticipating, hey, it's my hard drive. I can do what I want with it. I can use it however I feel and save whatever types of video and images to that on my Xbox hard drive. Um, It's concerning that they're actually actively deleting things on that hard drive.
1: Well, but maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe if you get like one of the expandable memory cards or something, maybe it won't take it off of there
0: maybe, but you know, when I think about my PS five and the videos and stuff that I have, I've got those videos on my PS four as well. My videos that are on there are my videos. I've never had any issues with Sony deleting them. Who knows? Maybe they do down the road and that's an issue. But I think the concerning thing is that Microsoft is actively saying, Hey, we're just going to access your hard drive and delete stuff whenever we need to, because, well, you know, Mm -hmm. just need to delete it. Whereas with Sony, I've learned, Oh, I don't have enough space. Eh, let me go in and see what I still need or what I don't want, et cetera. Um, And so that's how I've usually handled things. So it is a little concerning that Microsoft's just like, eh, screw you. We're going to access your stuff and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah. I wonder if this has anything to do with because didn't we talk about uh, the policy where they were going to update like reporting people and how you would be able to like send in like a capture or something of like them cussing at you or saying something racist or, you know, dying on purpose or whatever? And then that would get reviewed by a system, but it would automatically get deleted after some time. I wonder if that kind of had any inspiration with this or vice versa.
0: Maybe. Not sure. Um, All I know is it's a really crappy situation overall for Xbox gamers. And I'm glad I don't have an Xbox. So moving on to better Xbox things, though. Uh, The Xbox Series S toaster is real and now available to buy from Walmart. And this is Robert Anderson at IGN. Yeah.
1: So the first thing... That I saw this, I was like, (laughs) like they did the fridge. That's funny. And then I made probably, I don't know. I think it's a stunning realization or, or something that I never really considered. But I think that a toaster that can only toast one piece at a time might be one of the most worthless piece of technology. Like if you can't cut a bagel in half and do the whole job, what are you even doing?
0: That's, that's so baffling to me, man. Like, I mean,
1: it's too skinny to hold two pieces, Yeah. so it makes sense. That's, but yeah, like a toaster mm. that can only do one piece, Ah. Uh-uh.
0: No, that's, uh No, that's a little ridiculous. I don't know of any toasters that can do just one piece.
1: Like, it does emblazon an Xbox logo on that piece of toast.
0: But here's the thing, man. I can go buy a toaster right now that will put Jesus on my toast. So it's not like it's breaking technology to put the Xbox logo on your toast.
1: No, it's it's kind of cute, though. I mean, for 40 bucks, I mean, if you have a gamer-themed kitchen, go for it. Or if you make toast next to your gaming space... You know,
0: you know what they're going to, I bet Microsoft, because it only does one piece of toast are anticipating people to buy two of these and then they're going to count it as Xbox series S consoles being moved. I mean, it makes sense.
1: I mean, or you could just call that a land party.
0: (laughs) Have a toast party. All right. All right. Moving on.
1: That's all we got for that. That's, that's a pretty quick one.
0: Yeah. Uh okay, so five big video game industry predictions for 2024. It's Jason Shriver at Bloomberg who has uh marked this one out. Uh do you want to go ahead? You have it up. Uh you could take a look at
1: the predictions and let us know. Jason Schreier, obviously a big guy in the industry, often giving lots of good in-depth reporting and news. But these are some of his biggest predictions for 2024. And I thought that they would be kind of good to go over and then also kind of give you know, our view on some of these as well here. Um, so uh, prediction number one is that Saudi Arabia will go big on gaming. So Saudi Arabia in recent years has been trying to kind of diversify out a little bit more from oil specifically, which they've been known for as, <coughs> you know, a major exporter in the world. They've been dipping their toes into other industries, you know, hosting... Uh, What is it? Like that PGA competitor, UFC and WWE fights uh, or WWF or something like that. And now uh, they're expected to probably get into gaming in a big way. And he's not sure, you know, how that's all going to play out. I mean, obviously, Saudi Arabia uh, as a country has, you know, their own laws and rules and how they govern and what they see as the way that they exist in the world. And when you acquire an entity from another country, like a gaming studio or like a publishing arm, you know, those people live where they live and they have their own views. So sometimes when you have like a buyout, like he raises opinions here, you know, there may be reasons why people don't really want to continue working there. And in an industry that's already been fraught this year, especially with so many kinds of layoffs and stuff that can provide some tough choices and really kind of change the direction and, formula of a studio. I mean, obviously a studio is how the industry would like to be known by this faceless name that put out this game one time and then forever is associated with that. But really it's the people behind the game that make up the lifeblood of the studio that build those games and make them the way they are. So just because, you know, a big money company comes in and buys something doesn't mean it's really going to have that life. And I think we've seen a lot in the last year, especially with, um, who was it? Um, I mean, any number of studios, I guess they got laid off, you know, yeah. you, you buy up all this property and you buy up all these studios. And then at the end of the day, you know, paycheck doesn't come in, you got to make layoffs and then the whole lifeblood of everything that you buy. Bought for name recognition is basically gone well now you could try to revive it later but it's not the same
0: yeah and i think for me like i would not want to see saudi arabia get deep into gaming <clears throat> a lot of that it stems from you know really again the way to govern things over there and the way that things are handled from um you know the, they've brought up you know treatment of women and things of that nature in the past over there too or issues in saudi arabia so how does that translate to the gaming scene and you know how you know, women are depicted or how alcohol and violence and other things are depicted mm-hmm. in video games. And you know, what are, are we going to take franchises that we've known to love over the years? And like, does it get completely skewered and like changed up, you know, to fit this vision and mold of what another country deems to be proper. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I know that that's uh that's an issue that we've seen. And actually when there was uh, rumors of them purchasing WWE, it was a similar situation where it was like, you know, what's, you know the women in the company are going to want to leave you yeah. know just based on the things that are going on in that country so yeah it's um i don't think that'd be good uh as far as the uh consolidation i think that's one of the predictions on there too for yeah, 2024 consolidation will return yeah consolidation returning and a lot of it has to do with the interest rates being lowered and the ability for companies to go out and with cheaper money be able to purchase um you know other gaming companies and studios so i do think we'll see more consolidation i don't necessarily think it's for the best but Luckily, there's enough studios coming in out of the woodworks on a frequent basis that are kind of building themselves up that, you know, hopefully we have enough new IPs coming in that can support overall growth in the video game industry as a whole to offset some of the consolidation that's happening from a lot of the other companies.
1: Yeah. Um, next up, uh, Games as a Service will face a reckoning. And I mean, this has already kind of started happening. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago uh, where a lot of people in the industry were talking about hyenas getting canceled Uh, fully finished, developed, like already had betas and was basically ready to lock and load live service game that was totally killed off. I mean, Sony announced a slate of up to 12 live service games. Now they've kind of announced six of those and who knows what's actually going to wind up happening with the rest of them. I mean, for the most part, live service as a trend is one of those things that the industry has been chasing long enough And seen a lot of money lost on that I think at this point, they're finally starting to learn that lesson that, hey, you know what? Live service at the end of the day is a huge moneymaker, but there's only room in people's time for so many of them. And if you don't really have a good idea that's going to be different and make you stand out and be something exceptional, then you're just throwing money away trying to do something that's already been done you know, maybe not even better, but just has already been done and already has people locked in. You know, nobody's going to go to your slightly different game, even if it's a little bit better, if them and all their friends and they've already spent hundreds of dollars in cosmetics on this other game, it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've steered away from live service games for very good reason. And it it kind of, yeah, I haven't played Apex in a long time that's the only live service game that I played and I didn't put any money towards that game, mm-hmm. but that's one of the big reasons, right? Like I'm not going to put any toward money towards it because things can happen. Things could get deleted. The game could go off and it's no longer available to me to play. So, um, it, to me, it's just not of interest to continue playing games like that. Um, outside, you know, something like apex. I don't mind if, uh, if I'm not putting money towards it and I can enjoy it and have fun, um, and not have to worry about the cosmetics. Uh, but when you start getting in the situations of, you know, needing to pay to access certain maps or anything like that. That to me is a little much.
1: Yeah. So, And uh, lastly, here we have the union effort will begin for real. Uh, lots of gaming studios have had some small dabblings with unionization to try to protect workers' rights and move the industry forward in some better ways. And he's really starting to think that, you know, especially after how brutal last year was, these workers need to come together. You know, express their rights and try to get into a better position. I am fully behind that. I think that it would be great for any industry, not just the gaming industry, to look into unionizing and trying to take back some of the power from, you know, the people who have elected to take all of the money for themselves.
0: Yeah, uh, unionizing of gaming. I mean, we're, we're seeing, like you said, um, in various areas in the gaming space, obviously the voice acting component's a big area where there's unionization happening. We had the writer's strike and all of that. I'm sure it would not surprise me we start seeing um, you know, a whole issue with strikes in terms of developers and um, you know, a slowing. And God, that'd probably honestly be the worst if they thought that the voice acting component was bad or, or just acting in general uh, was bad for video games and delaying things. Imagine if like developers went on strike. You know, and like well, that would the completely. They've laid off
1: so many. There's so many out there that, like, at this point, even if you tried to unionize, you'd have so much excess labor in the market that wants to work that you'd probably get people scabbing over. But I mean, it'll take some time to build up. But if we can really start the push now, yeah, you know, it might not come to fruition for a few years. But like, by the time PS6 and ai development is really starting to roll out i mean you want to have already been through the hardest part of this and on the other side a stronger force otherwise they're just going to walk all over you guys and leave you in the dust it's going to happen (laughs) it is going to come for everybody eventually but while you can still just use it as a tool to enhance your ability to work now's the time to you know Get that strength so you don't get shut out completely. Yeah, makes sense. All right. There was one that we missed, the first one here, because the headline was like above an ad. Oh, But the uh, Switch 2 will have an unexpected twist, which I think is pretty evident. Everybody knows that Nintendo always has to Nintendo somehow on top of stuff. And, um, I mean, I've already thrown my hat in the ring for what I think the Switch 2 gimmick is going to be, is going to be, you know, being able to attach the joy cons on the top and bottom. So the console has a portrait mode as well as a landscape view, but we'll see what actually comes of it. Whether it's going to be, you know, some kind of VR, AR, something or other.
0: Yeah. I mean, with the switch, I think what'll end up happening is like a homage to the Wii U where you'll be able to have games to where it somehow is able to connect the, maybe it has like the base station and then you have your handheld component that separates. So you, the switch is still kind of alive, right? You can kind of play it in handheld mode. You can play it with friends in that kind of handheld mode. You can play it docked. You can play it both docked and in the handheld mode. So it has the ability to kind of show to screen something else, and might be on the tablet. So I think you'll have something like that that's released. Um, but we'll see. Um, that you know, some of what I've heard, and I post an article on several of our social media pages, is that the next you know version of the switch is likely going to not have upgraded hardware it'll be the same type of deal it'll be using older hardware and it does make you wonder like how much longer can nintendo do this and you know can they potentially run into another wii u situation Mm -hmm. you know it's very possible uh, with this
1: i mean that's the thing like it's like every other generation that nintendo does does well or doesn't do well so i mean they're due for something that's a failure Although, you know, with their track record now, and if they just keep it going, I mean, if they just made the Switch stronger, that's all they would need to do. They literally wouldn't need to do anything else.
0: Yeah, that's what, you know, another part of me thinks, like, are they going to just release it's a pro version and it's upgraded and it's backwards compatible and there's new games that could be developed for it? Um, but it just kind of allows people to continue playing those switch games and continue, you know, grabbing those versus an entirely new console altogether. So we'll see um but diving into our inflation deflation of the week uh this time we're playing some golden axe beast rider on the playstation 3 it was developed by secret level published by sega designed by don anderson and it was released in october of 2008 it is an action adventure hack and slash game with reception of a four to five out of ten so that's not four out of five it is four to five out of ten uh ryan you got a synopsis here for us
1: yeah so we start off the game as uh Tyrus Flair, Uh, she is the protagonist female, uh, what is she, an Amazon warrior type character. Um, Golden Axe is traditionally like a, you know, straightforward hack and slash, and this turns all that into 3D. We are uh, a part of some kind of uh, sisterhood, and we are opposed to the Death Adder, who is... The evil big bad and his, um, what do they call them, bogeyman uh, minions. So we start off on our journey to have some kind of ceremony for us to get chosen by the dragon titan. And we make it to the platform and the dragon starts breathing his magic fire on us. And then, oh no, the Death Adder's minions attack to try to steal the dragon or something like that so it's our job to stop that shit from happening and then defeat the death adder in the long run so uh you know pretty straightforward i don't know adaptation of an old school arcade game that didn't really need a lot of direction and now they're like okay let's adapt this to 3d throw some story in there push the boob physics like let's get this out the door and on a ps3 i like
0: how the first shot of that game by the way because you mentioned boob physics is it shows her face and it just has a like
1: the pan down the the
0: pan down to the butt and then through the legs to see the enemies coming your way i'm like really like the you know i I guess it's you know 15 years ago ps3 aesthetic yeah it's got the ps3 aesthetic for sure and then yeah i called out i'm like yeah they got the boob game for sure you know despite the fact that the rest of the game is not that great Uh, So, yeah, I mean, in in my experience here, I mean, yeah, it's hack and slashing. You know, we had some issues with the controller that decided all of a sudden it didn't want to work anymore. Uh, So we had some weird jumping and slashing at random on that. Got a new controller in, all was good. Um, But, you know, I still found that things like the parry were kind of slow and lagged. It was kind of slow to evade. The camera angles were not exactly the best. I mean, it just really was kind of hard to deal with that. There was no lock-on for enemies, which really sucked. Um, You know, and that's not a feature that didn't exist. I mean, that feature has existed for many years. Uh, So not being able to lock on your enemies and individually select them kind of hurts along with the slow pace of that character movement. Um, And it just kind of trudges along, which was bothersome to me. And then, of course, it is pretty bad in terms of screen tears i I noticed a lot of screen tears on my end i don't know if you noticed them or caught them at all but i i don't know i'm kind of prone to seeing those types of things when i'm playing games and there's a lot of screen tears that are happening so you know as far as like the overall combat and like what i was experiencing i wouldn't say it was terrible you know it's just it's it's just not
1: basic like yeah when you have a two button controller and you're just doing side scrolling 2d hack and slash I can get behind that but when you're like fully 3D and you're trying to tell me there's a light attack a heavy attack and a knockback but there's not really like anything beyond that like a couple magic spells but it's like you could combo but you can't combo like Devil May Cry or God of War which are the contemporary you know games to this or games that came out before this was a PS3 game those are both PS2 titles And they were, you know, worlds ahead of what this game was actually capable of. So I think that that's one of the things that uh, most reviewers were really disappointed with is just that this seems like such a a bland, basic game in a modern era. And it should have really pushed for it. And I think that's kind of one of the things that I'm glad we looked back at this because seeing that Sega announcement at the Game Awards with all the new games that they were going to release and a modern Golden Axe. I was kind of like, okay, I'd like to see somebody try to push that to a modern approach and see like, if you really went all out with what you could now on that, what that would look like and how effective it would be. Obviously, at this point in time when they tried to do that, they really didn't put the full effort of what they could have done or modernized it in a full realized way. They kind of just did kind of what I would say was like the most basic first draft approach at adapting that type of game into a 3d and not really expanding on it in any meaningful way
0: yeah and like graphically the game is not bad by the way like when you had the cutscenes the cutscenes are actually for a ps3 game pretty damn good you know from what we saw so and I mean the story component of it does kind of seem appealing right the overall aspect of what you're doing there so I think a lot of it for me really to kind of come down to the gameplay even playing on the uh, Abarex, right, and we jumped mm-hmm. on the back of that, and we were trying to do the flames and the slashing and with tail whip and all that, and it, it was just clunky. It's just not. It, it and doesn't you didn't play even well. Last very long. No, long. but it was difficult to try and you know, like just like in the uh, the game when you play on side scrolling hack and slash, it stops to do its um, yeah. attack, right? But the problem with that. Is you're also playing in a game now it's 3d where you have enemies coming from three, four different directions and attacking you So if you're trying to aim at one enemy and your creature stops Well now you're getting hit by three or four enemies being pelted. So what are you supposed to do at that point? You you really can't you have to run around in circles to try and line it up accordingly Are you gonna hit them? Are you not like that to me is not? Peeling, right getting overwhelmed is really yeah and like yeah you could you could tail whip them and do all of that but they still get up it's not like they just die all of a sudden so what am i gonna do sit there and just tail whip three four times in a row to clear out enemies like that's not fun yeah so yeah i mean for me like just looking at this from a reception basis i wouldn't say it's a four to five i'd probably put it like a 5.5 to a six maybe like right down the middle there um that's kind of what i would see it as and uh it's not one that i would probably revisit
1: yeah. Well, getting down to brass tax, game is going to cost you 15-16 complete in box that peaked back at 2061 in September of 2021 and that's trending up a little bit. Loose it'll run you 1087 that peaked at $40 back in October 2008 right after the game came out and uh that is currently trending down.
0: I can't say this is worth 15 bucks
1: no i can't say that it's worth 10 loose
0: yeah this is a
1: game that i would just say you know what it's inflated give it a pass play a different game
0: yeah i agree with you or play the original i mean we played the original we had a pretty decent time with that that one's actually kind of fun um and it's a quick game to beat as well i think you're going to get i wouldn't say the same experience because you're looking at this from a story component more so and you know the the graphics but if you're wanting to play like the golden axe experience and the hack and slash and riding the abrax and launching fireballs and that type of stuff i feel like you're gonna have just as good of a time playing on the old one Probably than better. you are or better than you are on this what one. golden
1: axe really was this is a fake adaptation of what golden axe could be
0: yeah so definitely inflated so that's uh that's a way to kick it off um we'll kick off our second uh game of the year here well
1: Inflation,
0: deflation. Inflation, deflation, yeah. Game of the year. Game of the year. Two thousand eight Golden Axe. Technically, it is our second game of the year that we're playing. Yeah. Um, Technically, the first, actually, because we played the other one January 31st, January 30th, yeah so or december, december 30th yeah man i'm all mixed up today i need to eat some food that's <laughs> where we are right now we're about to play some D. so uh we'll have an update on that uh probably next week and uh we'll try and figure out what game we want to play next so we'll get to y'all on that too but this has been episode 268 of the game players podcast my name is john i'm right and thanks for listening